Welcome to the Valley Church. Our mission is to see change lives, and we hope that this relevant teaching inspires you to take the next step in your faith journey. Thanks for checking out the podcast and enjoy this message. In church, how are you doing today? I'm so glad that you're here this morning, and I'm so glad that you're worshiping with us. And I know that for some of you, you've heard the Lord's Prayer numerous times. Some of you, it's been beat into your head since you were a child. And so maybe it doesn't hold the same weight anymore. It just feels like it's words. But this morning, I want to challenge you to view it just a little bit differently because the words of this prayer have power and they can move and they do things in our lives. And so I'm just going to ask you to close your eyes And I want you to open your hands and receive what God has for you today. And I'm just going to read it over your life. I'm going to declare it over your life today. This then is how you should pray. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. And give us today our daily bread. And forgive us of our debts as we also forgive our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. For yours is the power and the kingdom and the glory forever. Amen. Amen. Y'all can have a seat. How are you? Are you good? You can talk back to me. Listen, I am not from Ohio. I'm from Chicago. And the church I worked at previously, I would yell and scream and clap. And so... I love when people talk back, and you can talk back to me all you want. Um, I invite it. I encourage it. Um, Okay, so we're doing good. That's good. Um, Listen, if you walk out of here with nothing today, that's okay. Well, it's not okay, but it's fine. I'm giving you the permission. But what I want you to know, I'm just going to tell you up front, the bottom line of what I want you to know today is that We, as followers of Jesus, are to pray dangerously, and we are to live expectant that he is going to show up. I'm going to say it one more time so you you get it. As Jesus followers, we are to pray dangerously and live expectant that our God is going to show up and do something in our lives. And so can I just ask anybody in here today, do we have any adrenaline junkies? Oh, oh, there's more hands in this service. Okay, so listen, I come from a family where um, we just don't fit the mold. Um, My parents are pretty normal, but like the rest of us are kind of strange. I mean, I'm a pastor, so I don't know if you would count that as adrenaline junkie other than I just work with a lot of people. I don't know. Maybe I just don't fit the mold either. But my brothers, I am the baby, um, and I have two older brothers, and my brother Alan um, actually blows glass. And so he's a glass blower, and he has his own shop, and um, so he's working with really hot, like he could catch on fire type of stuff, right? And it's glass, so it could shatter and poke your eye out. I don't know. So that's pretty, like, dangerous. And then there's Brandon, who's my older, the older one, and he climbs cell phone towers. Why? I don't, I, listen, I don't know. He's weird. But um, I love you. If you're watching, I love you, okay? Um, but he would climb up there, repair it, and now, yay, y'all can call people. That's great, right? And then there's Cameron. And Cameron's not my brother, but he's my nephew. And he's in his early 20s, 
And Josh, if you want to throw some chaos of him up there, that'd be great. Um, he snowboards. And so when he was a sophomore in high school, he packed up his life, and he moved to Oregon right near Mount Hood, and um, he went to school. He got recruited by a school out there to snowboard. And so I get videos like this. Like, what is he doing? Like, who just does that for fun? This weirdo. But there's something about his life that I love. There's something that is in his dangerous choices in living on the edge that inspires me a little bit. There's something that I'm very grateful for when it comes to my family that we break the mold, right? We don't look like um, the perfect little American family, and certainly we're not. And as I was, you know, looking at his life and, you know, we talk all the time, um, I was trying to figure out how did we get this way? Like, why is everyone in my family kind of an adrenaline junkie? Why do we do things that are weird, that don't fit the American dream? Like, starting a business from scratch. Like, all these things. Like, that's the American dream, kind of, I guess. But, like, we just do things that are not normal. And the more that I thought about it, the more that I realized that my parents actually don't fit the mold either. My parents are radically generous. They are such generous people, it's unreal. I remember growing up, and they invited a girl to live with us who had fallen on hard times, and then they gave their condo that they, you know, just were going to move into to a friend to stay in there for a few months. Like, they just give radically. And there's risk in that, and there's danger in that. And so I can't help but wonder if our lives also emulate this this spiritual risk, this danger type of thing, especially in our prayer lives. Like, are we actually praying dangerously? Are we expecting that God's going to show up in the midst of it? You know, I love prayer, and I get really passionate about it because it's us communicating with our Creator. It's us talking to the very person who gave us the breath in our lungs that we woke up with this morning. That's what prayer is. And the fact that the creator of the universe wants to meet with me and hear my thoughts and know what's going on in my brain and what I'm facing, I don't know about you, but that, that changes some stuff. That changes some things in my soul for me. And when we look at the Lord's Prayer, and the tendency is to just read through it, right? It's just a, okay, this is what we've heard. Let's get through it. It's great. Yay, the Lord's Prayer. But in reality, what Jesus is teaching us here is how to pray. This is a how-to guide to connect with our Father, to connect with the Creator. And even how he begins it, our Father, hallowed in, oh, Oh, now I'm messing it up. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. The moment that he begins this, the moment that he begins to address God as our Father, he is doing something in the context of his day and age when he's teaching people how to pray that was so uncomfortable. It was so countercultural. Nobody had addressed God as our Father. So he immediately moves us into relationship with God. He immediately pulls us into an intimacy with our Father. 
listen, my dad is like my day one, okay? He's the OG. He is my biggest supporter. He is my biggest fan. But he also will call me out when I need to be called out. He will put me in my place when I need to be put in my place. And he is not afraid to just be honest with me. He is concerned about me. He worries about me. And he loves me. That's the type of intimacy I'm talking about. That he wants to invade my life in a way where he can speak and change my soul in the in what's on my heart and my mind in an intimate way into the areas where I don't really let friends know what's going on inside. That's the type of personal relationship that Jesus is introducing here when we address him as our father. That's what that means. And I don't know, maybe for you, prayer feels like it's kind of pointless or there's too many prayers that you have and you're not really sure, okay, well, what do I do? Just write it all on a list and say, here you go, here's my grocery list, fix it. Maybe that's what prayer life is for, your prayer life is, or what you picture prayer as. But really, it's less about what you're praying about, although he does care. He does care about what you're praying about. But it's more about your posture when you pray. It's more about your alignment of where your soul is when you're going to your Father. That's what he cares about. And it says a few verses before in Matthew 6, 8, that your Father already knows everything that you need before you ask him. So prayer is not just information. You're not just informing the Lord on what's going on in your life right now. Although he does care and he does want to know those things. But there is a deeper intimacy that you can move into in prayer. You see, the Lord's Prayer, when you read it in its entirety, moves us to this posture of trust, surrender, obedience, forgiveness. It's no longer about what we want or we think we need or what we think it should look like. It moves to his glory and his agenda. And so I wonder if we're praying safe, church. Are we praying safe? Can I ask you that question? Do you, are you comfortable in your faith right now? Because as Jesus, Jesus followers, we're not called to comfortability. That's not our calling. In fact, we're warned that it's going to be real hard. And when we make the shift from safe prayers to this posture of, oh, your kingdom come and your will be done and not my own agenda, but yours for his glory and his honor, that's when heaven comes down to earth. Now we're talking about some stuff. That is his goodness and his business. My father's business is now roaming this earth, the broken, messed up, jacked up earth that we live on. There's hope because there's Jesus. And so I just want to say this. When I look at my life, I'm not entirely sure how I got here. I'm not entirely sure how I ended up in Pickle, Ohio, um, standing on this platform telling you about Jesus, okay? Um, because I'm nobody special. And... I just, 
have had an encounter with Jesus and he has radically changed my life and he has saved me and he has turned me around and he has set me on a journey that I could have never asked or imagined or dreamed of. But when I was younger, I fell away from Christ and I had people in, in a community very much like this who prayed for me consistently and who spoke life and truth into me when I didn't believe it or see it in myself. And one of these people actually taught me how to pray. I'd grown up in church my entire life, and I'd never had anybody sit and teach me how to pray. Um, but he took the time to teach me how to pray and, and pray dangerously. And I remember two years ago when I began to pray dangerously that, and I will quote my prayer to you right now. Here I am. Here I am, God. Okay. Um, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven, but in my life. Insert my life. Your kingdom come, your will be done in my life. That was my prayer. And I prayed it for an entire year. An entire year I prayed that prayer. When I didn't have the words, when I didn't know what to say, when I was overwhelmed, when I was sad, when I was happy, I continued to pray that phrase over and over and over in my life because I was tired of trying to figure it out. I was tired of trying to force things and figure things out and make dreams happen and, and manifest this and do this. It's so crazy. It's just not going to cut it. I'm just here to tell you, it's not going to cut it. But when you actually begin to bring the kingdom of heaven down into your life. And when you say, not my will, but your will be done in my life, he will show up and he will do immeasurably more than you can ask, dream, or imagine. And as I begin to pray this way, as I begin to do that, what I didn't realize is that there was a deeper preparation that he was doing in my heart and in my soul. He was digging up some stuff. He was working through some things. And he was answering prayers. Like, I saw him answer it in conversations that I was having with students or um, even in the church I was working at. He was bringing the kingdom of heaven down. I, I, I saw it. But what I didn't realize is the deeper thing that was happening in my soul because he was actually preparing me for the moment that when I would hop on a Zoom call for an interview to come to the valley, that I would say yes. Because Katie, who wasn't praying dangerously, probably would have said no. No offense to Ohio. I'm just, I love Joliet. Um, but, like, I would have said no. But because I was willing to get to this point, and I remember it so clearly, it was this point where I had tears streaming down my face, and I said, Lord, I know in my soul that there is nothing in this world that will fill the void that I feel other than you. And it was this point of total, absolute surrender of my agenda and what I wanted in all of it. And I said, your will, your mission, your vision, your kingdom will be my life. I began to pray dangerously, and then I packed up my life and moved out here. And I've loved it. It's an adventure. There should never be a dull moment when you're following Jesus. 
And I love to look at the life of Jesus because he is literally perfect. He is perfect. And one of my favorite things about Jesus is that he will never ask us to do something that he isn't willing to do himself. And when we look in um, the Gospels and when they share with us Jesus' journey to the cross. There is a moment where he is in the garden and he's having a conversation with his father. And he's saying to him, are you sure there's not another way? Can we figure something else out? Do I really have to die? This is the conversation that Jesus is having with his own father. And he gets to this point where he says, your will, not mine. Your will be done and not mine. You see, Jesus reaches the point of total surrender where he gives it everything because he knows that his father's business, that his father's glory and his father's agenda is far better than anything else. And so Jesus gets to this point in his own life where he has this moment of full surrender to his father's will and his father's kingdom and his father's agenda and lays down his own. You see, when we have a dangerous prayer life, we actually unleash heaven on earth. And that makes us a little uncomfortable. That's like, ooh, what does that mean? I'm not quite sure I'm about that yet, because it requires us to be uncomfortable. But the moment that you begin to pray this way, the moment that you begin to surrender your own agenda and you allow God into the deepest, most intimate, most dark places in your soul where you think there's no life that could ever come out of or you think that's barren that will never bear fruit ever, when you allow him to bring about his business in heaven, oh, you best believe he's going to show up and he's going to do something in it. And actually what we think is our weakest point is actually the very point that he wants to use to showcase his glory and his agenda. I was at a conference this last week, and a speaker said something that has been replaying over and over in my head. And I think it's because I'm feeling a little convicted about it. And I'm just really honest, so I'm just going to share it with you. Um, they said, when you pray this prayer, when you pray the Lord's Prayer, and you say, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in, is in heaven, you actually are taking your hand and reaching it up into heaven and bringing it down. You are bringing it into every conversation, every relationship, every workspace, every um, room, every workout, whatever you do. When you pray that prayer, you're bringing heaven down to earth. But then this speaker said something even more wild. They said when you actually feed gossip, envy, jealousy, um, bitterness, anger, rage, all of these things that all of us do, um, we actually reach into the pit of hell and bring it right up with us. I'll let you sit with that one because I've been sitting with it all week. 
that's weighty. That's heavy. In this last week, actually, this was two weeks ago, two weeks ago, I was fasting, right? Because that's what we're doing for the month of November with this series. And listen, by 10 a.m., I was hangry. Like, I was like, this is dumb. Like, this is crazy. I, I need some food, right? And I'm, like, agitated, and I'm like, oh, my Chicago is going to come out in a minute. We got to, we better eat something. And I, I was so frustrated, and my dad calls me to check in. Now, now, keep in mind, this man has been in California golfing, living his best life. And so he's got no worries in the world. And I get on this phone, and I'm like, hey, what's up? He's like, hi, just want to check in. How you doing? And I just went off. I mean, I'm ranting. This isn't working. I can't figure this out. School's stressing me out. I think I'm just going to run away. Like, at this point, I can't do it anymore, right? And he goes, well, you sound like you got a lot going on, so I'll talk to you later. Click, hung up the phone. I was like... Oh, boy. Okay. So this is where we are today. All right. Cool. And I had this moment of just pure frustration. I was like, what is going on? Nothing's working today. My dad doesn't care about me. What's going on? And then I had this moment where I was like, okay, Kate, you got to reel it in. You got to figure it out. I talk to myself a lot. So, hey, bear with me. And I was like, take two deep breaths. So I walked myself through this whole thing, this whole thing. And it was in that moment where God said, hey, idiot, you know why you're fasting? It's to talk to me. It's to commune with me. It's to be intimate with me. It's to allow me to enter into your life and bring about my kingdom and my glory and my agenda through you. That's why you're not eating. And it was in that moment that I got up and I was like, oh, right. And I went and I walked around this big old parking lot that we have out here. And I probably look crazy, but it's okay. Um, and I just let it all out. I, I just talked to my father. And I have an attitude with God. I'm just going to tell you. Like, I have an attitude, all right? And he deals with it. So if he can handle my attitude, he can handle whatever y'all got. So talk to him. Listen, it is when we actually invite him into these places and spaces where we think he can't go or we think he doesn't understand or we don't even want to invite him in because we're scared of what he's going to do. I'm going to tell you he's going to call you to some dangerous places and spaces because that's who he is. When we look at the life of Jesus, he lived a dangerous life. He touched the sick. He hung out with prostitutes and tax collectors. He did what none of us really want to do. He hung out with the people that we try to avoid when we go to Walmart. That's what he did. Sometimes I'm just on a mission. Like, let me get through here. I don't want to look at you. Right? But sometimes the Lord has got to, just like Donnie prayed, disrupt our lives. He's got to get in there. He's got to let us know, hey, uh-uh, that's not going to fly with me. That's not my kingdom. That's not my glory. That's not my agenda. That's yours. But if we're not actively allowing him the space, if we're not actively carving out these moments in our lives to meet with our Father, we're going to miss it. We're going to miss it completely. And so I have 
I'm a very simple-minded person, okay? I'm not deep. Just tell me what you want me to do, and I'm going to do it. Um, and so I'm just going to keep this short, sweet, and to the point because it's actually pretty clear. God is really not that confusing. I think we make him confusing. He's not confusing. He is a God of order, and he is a God of clarity. And so oftentimes, we're just trying to muddy the waters because we don't really want to hear what he's got to say about it. And so this week, I want to invite you to do two things. I want you to invite God into the mundane moments that you have. Whether that's picking up your kids from school, whether it's cooking dinner, whether it's during your workout, whether it's going to work, whether it's talking to the coworker you try to avoid at all costs, I want you to invite God into those moments because guess what? He's going to bring about heaven in other people's lives around you and your own. He's going to do something with that. A, w a moment is never wasted when you are in the kingdom of God. He doesn't waste anything. So this week, I want you to invite him into the mundane moments. And the second thing I want you to do this week is I want you, when you face some troubles or trials or anything with other people, because we all know people are just hard, um, I want you to take two to four deep breaths. And then I just want you to pray the first few lines of the Lord's Prayer. You see, the beauty of the Lord's Prayer is it leads us to trust, surrender, and dependence on our Father. And so really what's happening is you're realigning your heart and your soul to his glory and his agenda and what he wants to do through you. That's what I want to invite you into this week. Would y'all stand with me? See, look, look at this. I'm, I'm short. You guys are going to get out here and get out of here and have lunch. Look at that. There's something that happens when we bring about heaven. We have kingdom encounters here on earth. And I don't know about you, church, but I don't want to be a part of something that's going to miss it. I want to be a part of something that's actually bringing it. I want to be the charge. I want to lead it. I don't want to miss it. And so if you've been comfortable, if you've been playing it safe in your faith, uh, I'm here to challenge you today to step out. Step out of your own agenda. Step out of your own stuff and allow him to use it in amazing ways for everyone else around you and for you. What I want you to know today is to pray dangerous prayers and to live expectant that God is going to show up. Let me pray for you. Hey, God, we love you, and we are so grateful that you are this big God who can handle all of our stuff, that you can take it and you can redeem it and restore it and bring about heaven in it. And God, I pray this week that we would see your kingdom come and your will be done on earth as it is in heaven in Piqua. God, I pray that for these people. God, I pray that your kingdom would come in their lives, in their kids' lives, that it would break generational curses, that it would heal marriages, that you would be in the midst of the divorces. God, I pray that your kingdom would come and your will would be done in these places. 
God, we love you and we praise you for all that you are and all that you do. In Jesus' name, amen. Y'all are dismissed. Thanks for joining us today. To stay up to date with our weekly messages, make sure to subscribe and follow us on social media. You can check us out on Instagram, Facebook, YouTube, or download our app today to stay connected with all things The Valley. And if today's message impacted you or changed your life, share it with a friend. Because changed lives change lives.